0: That switchover in most conferences is really awkward and weird and yeah. isn't very clean or nice. <laughs> yeah. And Phil just makes it feel like a breeze, yeah. even if there is panic going on and yeah. HDMI cables fumbling around. <laughs> you don't notice any of that because he's just soothingly talking to you about biscuits. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Offscript. Today we're going to do a little bit of an all-day hay roundup.
1: Hi, Rio. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm very good, thank you. It's It's been a little while, hasn't it?
0: Yep, we've had a short break. We've been away and, yeah, obviously the conference took up a bunch of time. But today we're going to do a little bit of a roundup on All Day Hey 2022.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I'm trying to remember how to do this. You know, we've had a little little time out of the country. The, the conference, um, certainly I needed a few weeks to recover from that. It was, it was chaos, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, and then catching up with the long bank holiday and yes. all that. So, yeah, it's been nice, but... Yeah, back to it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, the queen. The queen gave us a, a nice little break for her for her jubilee, which um, I'm, I'm not a royalist, but I did enjoy the four days off. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, but yes. So. Um, so. The conference this year, fifth of May, it, it went it went super well. I'm I'm really proud of how it how it kind of went down. Um, I want to kind of just highlight a few key things in a few moments really, before we get into the talks because yeah. um, if anything, actually, you you were able to kind of soak up some of the talks uh, a bit more than me. I was running around like a headless chicken in some <laughs> in some parts of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'd be good to get your thoughts on on kind of different topics that, that kind of were discussed uh, and obviously some of the some of the key takeaways. Yeah, sure. Um, before that, there's a few key mentions, really. I just want to kind of thank you, because um, you were there on the day. No
0: worries. <laughs> Doorman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Doorman, um, logistics, AV, uh, everything, really, all in one. Um yeah super super happy to have had your support really and obviously we had other people like um, jack sales working on tech logistics tom uh, on the door with you um you know james bevan running all the marketing stuff phil being our fantastic mc uh, as, as usual uh, and then all the other suppliers like adlib for ab and um and uh yeah chap81 doing some really good streaming stuff so yeah really good um really, really good uh, day uh, and a really good crew to to make it happen.
0: Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? And you had some sponsors as well.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, the first (laughs) yes, of course, can't forget them, of course Uh, No, we had some really, really fantastic sponsors supporting the the conference in a really organic way, really. Um, you know, I've always been a bit hesitant of sponsorship. Um, it's always a bit tricky how you play sponsors in, in these sorts of events. But yeah, we had IMA Home and Netlify and, and Zero Height um, supporting us. Um, obviously, not just fronting some cash, but also giving that kind of moral support, giving the promotional support, all that sort of stuff. Um,
0: Awesome yeah I think it was a really good day and like Phil was, did an amazing job emceeing as he usually yeah. does so
1: He's <laughs> part of the furniture isn't he now? I
0: yeah said. yeah it's a ray of biscuits <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean something that started as a bit of a joke during the during the pandemic um, has has taken centre stage now yeah.
0: Well, that's, That switch over in most conferences is really awkward and weird and yeah. isn't very clean or nice <laughs> yeah. and Phil just makes it feel like a breeze yeah. even if there is panic going on and yeah. HDMI cables fumbling around <laughs> <laughs> you don't Notice any of that because he's just soothingly talking to you about biscuits.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, some of them controversial. I, I noticed that Jaffa cakes were bought into the mix. And, yeah, you know, are they even a biscuit? It's not you know. a biscuit, is it? Well, I don't think so, but I'm not going you know, <laughs> to not not bring it up. But but no, you know, that's the good sign of a good MC, you know, making those transitions smooth, making the, the speakers feel really comfortable on stage and
0: yeah, definitely
1: making it flow. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the production quality was, was definitely a sign of things to come over the next few years. We, we looked at stepping things up, obviously trying to. Bridge the gap between remote uh, and in person um, making everyone feel like it's the same experience regardless of where you are um, was a big thing um, sadly you know being in a, in a cinema we did have a few stream issues um, yeah there was we were some from.
0: internet issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> and stuff outside your control to be fair like yeah. I think the stream got flagged yeah f- for no reason and
1: <laughs> yeah YouTube uh, YouTube Bando account Which is <laughs> always a good Always a good thing um, But no I think we, I think we learned, As always You're learning With these sorts of things And uh, I think There's a few things To take away for next year You know We've got some Beastie 5G router Suggestions from some people
0: And the team Were working around the clock To get those videos up So yes. people weren't Waiting too long To, to actually watch the talks So that yeah. was good
1: Yeah I mean it was, it was You know Everyone was really supportive Even even with some of the issues And, and we got them up within, within 24 hours So everyone was pretty uh, Pretty happy to see a production Straight up there So that was good um but yeah, I think I think as I said, we're always learning. There's loads of things that we can always improve, but you know, being in a cinema, um, everyone appreciates the seating or anything. I, I think sofas is yeah. great really.
0: Yeah, it's really nice and comfy. Yeah. Not too comfy. Like I <laughs> said, after lunch you want you go into that slump, don't you? <laughs> yeah. But you've got lightning talks to wake everyone up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the idea, right? So yeah, yeah. perks everyone back up after after kind of eating everything they can. Um but yeah, we we did have a guy fall asleep one year actually, but I don't think it was anything to do with the talks. But <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> Just assume it's because it's so cosy. Um, but yeah, also we had the after party. You know, it's so nice to see um, see everyone together again and chatting again. I, I think in in person, IRL conversations lead lead down different paths and you end up getting to know people a lot differently. Yeah,
0: definitely. We brought a bunch of our team and the conversations that were going on there and afterwards, it's a real buzz. Like people are thinking, oh, we could use this in that project or do this with that yeah. project, and it sort of opens. Yeah. Uh, possibilities and sort of, yeah opportunities
1: yeah exactly I think um, the, you know Andy's talk that ran off the day definitely left me with loads of ideas about all the things that I could change on all the
0: sites that I've built because yeah everything's that, just so I had no idea you could do all that stuff but well, I think we'll touch on that a bit later but
1: yeah I, I was just like <laughs> wow I need to really get stuck into some of this because uh, yeah I've got a lot to learn <laughs> um, but yes um yeah i just love the conference format i just think it's brilliant uh, you know we do the regular events as well obviously previously been more streamed but um they're great too but i think there's something about a day of, of loads of different variety of topics it's-
0: yeah because you end up watching things that you might not normally sit down in front of your computer and watch yeah but because you are there experiencing it you mm. take it in and you, you experience things that are a little bit maybe a little bit outside of what you would normally yeah. learn about and yeah. that's really good um absolutely i think steve jobs was a big fan of doing that um seems to work okay for him too. So. <laughs> Worked out all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, a, a good example of that is, you know, the Lightning talks into Cassidy's talk on functional programming. You know, a lot of people who work in the web might not really be interested in that or, or have looked into that. But um, that was one of the talks of the day for me in terms of thinking about things in a slightly different way. Obviously, I'm from an OOP background, really. So thinking about how to do things in different ways, it kind of stimulates the mind a little bit differently, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, so should we get into the talks and kind of walk through... Or, yeah, let's do
0: way. it. So first up, it was Emily, wasn't it, on design systems?
1: Yeah. Oh god, this was this was a great talk. So Emily, I met Emily years ago. Um, she used to work at a company um, just outside of Leeds called Mixed.
0: Nice. Um,
1: they did a, a event called Work in the Web. Actually, I don't know if you remember. I think that. that rings a bell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which was cool because it was bringing people who aren't used to the industry to try and mentor them and get them kind of up to speed on on what what it is to build uh, on the web. Um, But she spoke at one of the earlier events in 2017. Nice. um, Back when we were in the Belgrave, um, which 2017 just feels like a lifetime ago now, doesn't (laughs) it? Yeah,
0: that's ages ago. (laughs) Um,
1: But I didn't know until this talk, actually. She mentioned it at the start that she met her partner at one of those events. That's so um, nice, isn't it? (laughs) Um, It's a nice little thing. Um, But yeah, she kind of, um, you know, the, the talk was titled Design Systems, The Monster We Created, and she kind of walked through the definition of design systems. Um, obviously with that early hat tip to uh, Brad Frost with Atomic Design Systems, um, you know, I think uh, everyone's learnt a hell of a lot of that approach to uh, thinking about modular design yeah. um, and obviously atoms, molecules and the way that we can split up our interfaces into more maintainable chunks.
0: Yeah, because she's got a unique experience of this at Sketch because she's working on the team that helps make the design yeah. system tooling better in Sketch. So, Which is cool. So all the big companies are sending their big sprawling design systems to yeah. to, their, to them and going, right, help.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then they're also building their own design system. On the back. It's kind of like a, the, the most dog fooding situation you can imagine, I guess. Yeah,
0: but yeah. They, that screenshot of her designing Sketch in Sketch was <laughs> <is> the most <laughs> baffling thing. It's rather meta, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of mad, actually. But it's really cool to see that creative process from in, internally how they do that. Um, and it's good to see that they do use Sketch. It'd be quite upsetting if they are using Figma, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think what I, what I quite liked about it is how she talked a bit about the history of um, design systems. Obviously, they're quite big documents or big um, you know, repositories in most businesses now.
0: Yeah. Pretty chunky, aren't they? They are, yeah. How many? I think I remember back when we used to do like a big style guide thing and then mm. now it's morphed into like yeah, zero height. I think they were there, weren't they? Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and sort of living code design yeah. systems now as well. Like, Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really come on.
1: I, I think the, the thing that she kind of hit, struck off with was um, managing those design systems is just a huge task, whether it's on the design side or whether it's the implementation side. Um, Obviously, we've got tool chains that have emerged to help support the of design systems. You've got um, other tools kind of further down the line as well, like Storybook to you know, iterate on and demo and you know, form the documentation for de- design systems too. Um, but yeah, I think one of the key things that kind of struck, uh, stuck out at me was the unpredictability of it all. You know, design systems are never finished. <laughs> yeah, um, Nothing's final. Maintaining them is quite hard. Um, I don't know how you do it at Parallax, but it's it's quite difficult to get that community around a design system.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially if you're building something quite complex because you might compose a few different elements together to yeah. build a more complex widget, but it actually doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Those individual elements need tweaking slightly. Mm. So we're working with a large, large manufacturing company at the moment and they have a sprawling set of like 200 desktop applications and we're right. trying to like wow. wrangle, maybe bring some of them to the web or refreshing some of them and it's it's such a big task it's <laughs>
1: so where do you start with that do you just look at the entire estate and go we should make common elements for these or
0: yeah so it's really tricky because you you start unpicking one problem and the the problem with desktop software for professionals is that everything's quite compact so what looks nice on the web lots of space lots of nice big buttons and mm. um, for a professional user that that's hell for them because they know the software. They know what they're doing. And they, yeah. they need the maximum information density. So you have to build different design systems for different levels of complexity as well. That's interesting,
1: yeah. isn't it? Because, yeah, you've got the power user angle where it's like, give me all the controls, everything.
0: Give me, up. yeah. yeah. <laughs> give me a grid layout with like 12 pixel font in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. me everything. Yeah, it's really tricky, but I don't know if I have an answer for how I, to do it.
1: <laughs> well, I guess I guess what Emily kind of said is no one really has the complete answer because we're always learning kind of more efficient and optimal ways to do these things. Yeah, definitely. Um, particularly in your use case there where you've got, you know, not just a, a kind of bunch of apps that are built on the web, you've got different and deploy targets with different uh, use cases and different yeah, yeah. styles different as well.
0: different techs, yeah. yeah. It could be WinUI or React or whatever, yeah. yeah. But you mentioned design tokens, which we're using quite heavily, which yes. are sort of reusable bits. That, so it could be, yeah, a, a background color, foreground color combination or something mm. like that, and those elements could start to be reused. If you use, like, Tailwind or something like that with the sort of utility classes, mm, yeah. it's kind of like layering those on... Um,
1: I did like that. I didn't realize as well in, in Sketch you could do that, that new feature where they could basically use the design tokens. Um, I think she had the um, the color tokens. Oh, it? yeah, that was it. That would um, be really cool. So they could you basically had like a, a style sheet that was output from these color tokens that you could include in, uh, in an application and then obviously a change in Sketch would then be updated on the web. Now, obviously, you need to be considerate of, of deployment mechanisms and making sure that whatever's changed in the Sketch doesn't just <laughs> go live. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's quite
0: cool that is really cool like if that could change a a testing staging site or something that would be really ace yeah
1: yeah I guess I guess maybe there's a way of just capturing the the current state of that and then kind of freezing it in the deploy so it's not uh, it's not just some designer messing around with (laughs) colours (laughs) on your live site yeah definitely Um, But the interesting thing that Emily kind of said was that the the design systems are a consumer product um, and you should treat it as something that is consumed externally. It's not just a tool for your teams um, to build more efficient things. This is a consumer product as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was quite cool. Um, Interestingly, they also said that they had a design system manager join Sketch to help manage the building community around the design system. I'm not sure if you picked up on that. No, I didn't. Um, Which I thought was quite interesting because... In, in a way, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, we've got, we've got engineering managers help look after our engineers and how they work and how they operate. And in, in a way, you know, a design system manager bringing together, I guess, what would be kind of like a product role into that management kind of thing I think that makes
0: a lot of sense, yeah. yeah.
1: Really cool. Um, and they, they mentioned they use GitHub for a lot of the process-driven stuff. So it was all through workflows and all centralized there. So contribution was a lot, a lot easier that way. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think the interesting thing there is the... Making sure that design systems don't go stale as well, uh, evaluating which components you are using and which you are not anymore, and making sure that you don't just leave them hanging around as debt in the system,
0: yeah, yeah, deleting old components and yeah tidying it up
1: which how i' I, I don't know how you do that across a wider state because how do you really understand adoption and usage uh, in uh,
0: two hundred apps <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this in a previous podcast, but Etsy pushed a bit of code to production where they they just measured which class names were being used because oh, they had this right. old crusty code base, loads of weird screens. Right. And some of them were triggered by JavaScript. And Got you. They, they only sent it to a proportion of users, but yeah, they tried to log all the class names that were in use. That's a cool And, idea. Then, and then pruned everything else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I guess you'd need something like that for, for bigger component. Well, I guess it's the same thing, isn't it, really? It's just if you're using yeah. class-driven um, kind of design systems, then that's the same approach. Um i guess a bit like tailwind does it just doesn't include the stuff that you're not you're not using yeah that's true i guess it's similar um but yes yeah anyway i I, I just loved to talk i I thought i thought the the color token stuff was really interesting um i guess i'd love to see how that would be used in a bigger production system but um obviously it was kind of just a general overview at the time
0: nice yeah and then there was Stephanie's talk, which I found really interesting because I didn't know progressive web apps had come on this much. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was quite quite a nice um, bridge into Stephanie's talk um, because it was talking, you know, from design systems into how you can make progressive web apps feel more native. How you can make sure you use the richest feature set to make feel that things feel a bit um, a bit more natural based on whatever OS you're using to access it. Um, super interesting.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think. We did a progressive web app years ago uh, called Topple Trump, um, which is oh, like a that. game. Yeah, yeah. And it, I think at the time you only had service workers so you could cache stuff. And I think that was about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You could probably set a colour or something. Um,
1: yeah, like uh, theme colours and brand colours <laughs> yeah, and stuff, yeah.
0: Um, but now you get way more than that. You get, like, Yeah, you can actually access Bluetooth or like payment uh, stuff. Like or, real apps. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um yeah. Yeah, I remember that because that, that was one of the main um, things for PWAs in the early days. It was like, look, this works offline. You can make it, um, you know, obviously build your manifest out and make things feel a bit better when, you know, things aren't going so well on, on the kind of network side of things. Um, that was a big thing, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, Definitely
1: um but yeah i've been following stephanie for a while on on twitter um i just loved the delivery of her talks and how she kind of presented and yeah just really pleased that the logistics lined up because she was due to speak at i think it was bt conf and somewhere else um and she was like can i come in person i was like well yes absolutely (laughs) please do (laughs) (laughs) Um, because otherwise it would have been quite tricky i think she she used to live in seattle she just moved to berlin actually um but yeah very fortunate that lined up um But I I liked how she started off with the story around while she was traveling, some of the apps weren't working so well offline. Yeah, yeah. And that led to kind of think a bit more about PWAs and the best features of PWAs and things like that.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, service workers have been really cool. And, yeah, it just looks like there's loads of stuff going on. And we need to, yeah, that was one of the talks that some of our staff were like, yeah, we need to fold this into what we're building. Mm,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, if if you're already building web apps, it's not much of a, a kind of, much of a, Mind, uh, different mindset to, to yeah. start with, and
0: you can sort of layer it on as well. Like it's, mm. it's yeah, it's not one or the other, is it?
1: I mean, a lot of the stuff is just best practice anyway. It doesn't, it's, some of it isn't necessarily PWA specific. um but it's a lot of the things that we speak to uh, clients about all the time. Like, you know, why would you go a progressive web app? Well, why would you go a web app because it's cheaper to maintain. Um, you've got one co- code base for a lot of different devices. You've got th- different distribution options, and it's easier to update. So, w- why wouldn't you do that?
0: Yeah. Well, I kind I like to sell lots of native apps, but <laughs> 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 well, I you like say that, the are they're react feel. Native, not they? Yeah, so. they are React Native. That's true.
1: So I, I guess you're you're doing you're doing
0: both. <laughs> you can compile React Native apps to web. But it doesn't feel right. That's what Twitter have done.
1: Oh, oh is it? Yeah. Oh, right. Nice.
0: Um, it, you can get there, but... It's yeah. a bit janky in some areas. The, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the libraries don't support it. So you end up building two anyway, and then... Oh, I see. And then what's the point? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the focus on, on the talk was around the kind of features and considerations for building better PWA's. Um I kind of liked... The, the conversation around why you should look at how you install PWA, PWA's in different devices. Um, just basic guidance, you know, a good icon is important, make your app visible if you want people to install it.
0: Yeah, because Edge have really pushed into it, haven't they? So yeah. the default Windows browser. Yeah. Um, yeah, little yeah. prompts and add it to your desktop and all that kind of stuff.
1: Which is good because, uh, you know, in the early days, um, Safari did did that kind of initial add to home screen stuff, but it didn't work as well as you'd like.
0: Yeah, so that's how they announced how to build apps for iPhone, wasn't it? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, just to add it to your home screen. Yeah,
1: you get- they're actually going to kill most of that, and you can have to use your app store. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but, you know, she mentioned some of the things around um, theme color, which you you mentioned earlier, um, uh, and kind of other areas around, you know, use system fonts uh, where possible, make it feel much more like a native app. Um, Also, that's more performant because you're not loading in additional app app assets and different custom fonts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I kind of like the conversation around progressive web apps should be a kind of task-driven approach. You don't have to be fancy for no reason. Um, you know, a lot of the time, it's it's. You know, I think she used the example of a Starbucks app for the rewards app. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be crazy; it just needs to work.
0: Yeah, and you might need something that you might not have access to while you're yeah. traveling, or yeah, uh, it's it's probably easily put in your cash and yeah, <laughs> accessible. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Interestingly, when you get into that sort of app app kind of um, territory, it's kind of like, well, if it's the rewards app that someone's relying on. Buying a drink with? How do you ensure it's secure? How do you ensure it can't be manipulated on the device? Yeah, been interesting, fun things to consider. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, the slides were just containing loads of nuggets of useful information. So check them out on the website. Um, we've, we've published um, the talks now, um, so you can you can definitely start to uh, to watch them back. Um, and she had a GitHub repo with a checklist of kind of PWA info in it too. So check nice. Out. Um, so yeah, that was that was Stephanie's talk. Um, and then we had Jay, didn't we?
0: Yeah, Jay was really good. Um, so he had loads of really amazing demos. <laughs> loads of really amazing demos. <laughs> One of them hooked into the Web Audio API, and as he was speaking, I knew what it was coming because you could sort of see it like yeah. in the background. But yeah, it's just nice.
1: He used the uh, the slider component as well. He yeah, it. yeah, it's really really cool. <laughs> really cool demo. Yeah,
0: very cool. Um, and the kind of stuff that I love, like doing 3D and CSS and stuff, like <laughs> yeah. really bending it out of shape, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's cool. Um, yeah,
1: totally. He, he's, it was just a goodie bag of amazing demos, wasn't it? And um, I met Jay through his streaming. He's kind of quite a prolific streamer. He's got the most ridiculously nice streaming setup you'll probably see. Um, <laughs> probably Bar Cassidy, because she's pretty hot on that too. Um, but yeah, just just a really amazing collection of demos, making you think a little bit differently about how to use HTML and different elements in JavaScript and CSS. And yeah, just really, really cool. Supercharge your learning was the kind of tagline that he used.
0: Right? Yeah, and he was really pushing just spending 10 minutes to learn something.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just, love that. Yeah, It doesn't have to be like a multi-day project.
0: Yeah, right? just have a go and yeah. pick it up. And it doesn't matter where you're at, Just yeah, just have a look at the new CSS stuff that's coming out or <laughs> yeah. HTML elements and just have a bit of a play around.
1: Which, to be fair, you're, you've always been really good at that. You know, I, I, you're always hacking on something and then before you know it, it might make it into <laughs> a future thing.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. You never know where it's going to end up, do
1: you? No, which is, which is great, you know, and you're always learning, aren't you? So uh, I think that was the key takeaway, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, loads of live demos. Um, again, his talk will be up soon. I think, I'm not sure if his has been published just yet.
0: So his whole talk was in code, wasn't it? It was, Yeah. It was written in JavaScript. Yeah. It's just brave.
1: Incredibly, <laughs> incredibly brave doing like an entire talk on live demos.
0: Essentially. With live demos as backgrounds to the slides. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> impressed. And he was I, working on it in the morning with like, yeah. me.
1: <laughs> yeah, he went to bed at like 6am. And I was like, dude. Um, not because we were out drinking, to be clear. It was just yeah. that Although
0: there were a few drinks, so I'm impressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, he was, um yeah, just, just really cool. You know, you could tell that he's used to just doing like live code streams because he he basically ran his talk like that. It was just like watching a live Twitch stream, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, which
0: was cool. Um, to have that confidence to to yeah do live demos in that way is great yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'll be shaking like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah 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 especially in a in a cinema with no internet access yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah um but no it was really cool you know he um he, he demoed this 3d css stopwatch which was really cool because you know using animations and transitions in css to essentially build um stopwatch functionality was something i'd you know, that's that's a leap for me. I, I, yeah,
0: I, yeah, that was amazing. And then that the safe opened up and there's a picture of Phil in it.
1: And yeah. I, <laughs> yeah Yeah. Yeah, plenty better content from the night before to try and uh I, I think Phil's face was on a moon as well or something. So <laughs> yeah, he um he definitely got his content <laughs> the night before. Um but yeah, definitely um definitely check out the video for that. There's loads of really interesting tips in it. But the takeaway is just have a have a 10 minute 15 minute break hack away at something and, and see what comes out of it uh, you'll definitely learn something even if it's not something you use uh, you know code wise in the future yeah definitely um but yeah so then we had we had the the kind of break everyone went into into Leeds and, and discovered all the fantastic uh, restaurants and, and places to grab some food in Leeds yeah
0: you had put on some nibbles as well hadn't you like
1: uh... just the yeah, the classic uh, you know beige buffet of pastries <laughs> and coffees
0: and stuff yeah, yeah. it was good yeah. yeah, kept me alive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I hadn't eaten until this point because because uh, we were kind of running around. I was like, oh, my tummy was really grumbling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
0: were you loading it at like five am or something? <laughs>
1: yeah. Literally, was up at five am, and the bags under my eyes definitely showed it too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, back from the back from the break, we went into the lightning talks, which was which was great. Nice. Um, so Rachel was was first up uh, with her branding for techies talk
0: yeah that was good that was really good
1: really cool so uh, you know I met Rachel when I was working for a client um, last year um, she's incredible at self-promotion and empowering people uh, you know her own personal brand is super strong and she puts herself out there to really try and help others and I think she owned the stage really well um, she had a presence on the stage which you know for, for those that um, don't speak um, as often as maybe some of the other um, speakers on the lineup, she she absolutely dominated the stage and, and delivered the talk so nicely so yeah she was amazing Um but it was all about personal brands and the point that we all have a brand whether we realise it or not um, which is so true because obviously some people do a better job than others of, of kind of promoting themselves and talking about who they are and what they do yeah. um, obviously freelancers are, are reasonably good at this but you know those that work in bigger companies maybe don't consider
0: it as much um, yeah you've got to do the LinkedIn <laughs> stuff sadly you do yeah
1: <laughs> I've tried to avoid it so many times <laughs> Um but yeah, LinkedIn is a bit of a necessary evil, isn't it?
0: Oh, and Twitter, thankfully, in tech world is is a good place to, to yeah. talk about stuff as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Stephanie's all over that as well. Like, if you look at Stephanie's personal brand on Twitter, you know, she's, she's active on Twitter. You can see what she's about, you know, as yeah. an example.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't tweet that much, but... <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: I'm quite an avid retweeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I overthink tweeting in general.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'll have a, I've got quite a few draft tweets that I'll just tinker with and go, nah, I'm yeah. not saying that. Not today. Not today. <laughs> Maybe after a beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is where you enter danger territory, of yeah, course. Yeah, that's it. That's where you
0: start losing jobs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your personal brand is not good. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I, I quite like the talk about, you know, everyone's got a brand, whether you think about it or not. Um, the pros of having a, a kind of strong personal brand. You can leverage salary conversations with your employer. You can um, find work more easily. You can expand your opportunities and you can build your confidence, which is a, a really nice kind of punchy uh, way to deliver a talk. Um, but yeah, she, she she was definitely about storytelling and being vulnerable and authentic and showcasing your values as an individual uh, and this is stuff that we all kind of know inside and we know what we can contribute but um, not a lot of us articulate it publicly yeah definitely um, so yeah it was really nice so um, and also, I think what, what I liked about this was it was a nice segue into Jerry's talk uh, a little bit later, but uh, it's about helping others and, and mentoring and everyone benefits from from supporting others in the industry. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's It's not often, I think Phil was saying this, that you take a step back and actually think about how yeah. you want to be portrayed? Like, I think Phil just goes in gung-ho, doesn't he? Just like, <laughs> yeah. I am who I am. And, yeah. But he he's, he can do that. But yeah, yeah to take a step back and go, right, how how do I actually want to be perceived on the internet?
1: Yeah, it's difficult as well because the internet is, as well as an amazing place, especially on Twitter, is also a horrendous place. <laughs> oh yeah. Um Where people will, will pull you apart if you're not careful. So I think it's, that vulnerability side is really, is really important uh, and it, it takes some guts to do that. So so yeah, really good talk from Rachel. Um, really nice to see her take the stage and, and, and it was quite a nice little kind of palette cleanser talk from some of the more technical subjects to talk a bit more about the, who are you and what do you do?
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, so after Rachel, we had, we had Luke um, who's talking about building an illustration system. Um, another quite... Grave talk in terms of how he delivered it.
0: Yeah, because that was in Figma itself, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: He, he's basically saying, because he, he, uh, he's a, he's an Uber nerd, and I think he declared that himself, but he, he hacked one of the um, the SNES controller uh, as, as a pointer to then direct you around the slides in Figma, which sounds like a lot a lot of work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> High risk. High risk. <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a dark Wi-Fi-less room. Yeah. Good luck.
1: Yeah, but you know what? He pulled it off perfectly. There was no issue. Yeah, knowledge. it was great. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I kind of got to got to know Luke through through Twitter and through Emily actually, um, who knew him from from way back when. Um, and he got in touch about doing a talk, and he's like, "Oh, actually, um, maybe Zero Height can help out with some of the sponsorship." So, oh, nice! It was quite a nice organic conversation. It wasn't. Um, you know, usually what you see is, like, I'll do a talk if, if I can sponsor or vice versa. It's yeah. none of that, which was nice. So That's good. So, yeah, he also did this cool uh, nerd pub quiz the night before um, with some of the attendees, which I hear went quite well. Oh, nice. Um, and they made a dent in the bar tab, from what I understand. Like, um, so That's good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what, what I liked about this talk was it was about how illustrations help guide your emotional state through things, which I quite like the, the definition of that. It's like, you know, animations can really add a lot to your experience when consuming content. Um, a, a good illustration will make you feel a certain way before you've even read any copy or anything.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, so that made me think quite quite differently. And obviously, they're a visual thing that people can relate to. Um, and similar to the design systems, illustration systems can help with efficiency and consistency. And
0: yeah, because it can convey meaning before you've even read anything. And like yeah. Airbnb are strong on this, aren't they? And they've got their Absolutely. lovely animations and things like that. It makes it really come together, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean um, they're making a real hoo-ha Airbnb about inventing categories <laughs> they've just seen the new launch yeah
0: yeah they said the biggest thing in Airbnb <laughs> yeah. since the beginning I was like oh it's a drop down
1: <laughs> <laughs> well done yeah. um, no being a bit harsh there maybe Yeah, but. potentially <laughs> but, um, but no it's, uh, it's, it's it was an interesting talk and um, I think it was quite cool to see how that can kind of feed back into your general brand guidelines how it can help to define your values, principles consider your audience a bit more and Reach into those kind of wider questions, um, which which was quite nice. Um,
0: yeah, I really like that.
1: Yeah, he he also talked about documenting everything as well, which is which is a key thing. So, how do you get a community that revolves around an illustration system, much like a design system? I quite like that. Nice. Um, so yeah, that was Luke's, uh, and then finally Joey's. Um, I call her Joey. Uh, she likes to be called Joey. Joanne Imlay, um from um, from Lab Bible. I met her at Lab Bible uh, when she joined as an engineer. Nice. Um,
0: and then she went back to North Coders. Yeah. Which yeah. we've worked with at Parallax. Parallax made their website actually. <laughs> oh,
1: nice. They seem great. They seem, yeah, they seem yeah, like the, cool. the whole um, ethos behind North Coders seems really cool.
0: Yeah, it is really cool. Like, obviously, a lot of people want to learn how to code. It's like a boot camp. And mm-hmm. you, yeah, they take you from right from the beginning up to proficient coding. And uh, they can help
1: you get a job as well, can't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. They do a lot of the partnerships with companies and,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it, good. It seems it seems proper cool and um yeah, I think Jerry's um talk was on unconscious mentoring, but it's really cool she started out as a teacher um before she became an engineer and now she's gone back to teaching at North Coders, so yeah. That was quite nice.
0: There's something quite calming about Joe Joey um, even yeah. though she had a bit of a technical hiccup at first. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and Jack sort of power-slided in, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Phil, Phil started to fill the time a little bit, which was great. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, it's really good. Especially interesting what she was talking about how she was mentoring someone, mm. and then they ended up teaching her stuff as well. And like so nice. And how you can affect someone's life like that sort of butterfly effect of yeah, like just one thing you say, you don't realise that that's going to change someone's life for the better. Um, such
1: a nice, yeah, such a nice, such a nice sentiment behind that talk and. Yeah,
0: Yeah. like obviously people listening to this drivel on the, on the podcast gonna, you're not going to have your life changed <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you might do <laughs> but
1: listen to Joey and you might so. yeah exactly um, but no you're right she's she she's a really you know she's such a supportive and caring person you know the, the moment that I met her at Lab Bible I was like you are just a lovely person uh, yeah. and as you said she's she's clearly worked with children a lot because she's so calm even when everything's melting
0: around her. <laughs> yeah well you need emotional safety don't you if you're experimenting or learning if you if you don't feel like you can fail then you won't try anything and then you'll just stick to what you know and do the same things you need you do need sort of coaxing out of that by someone sometimes
1: yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely I mean you know she I think I liked a few of the different things that she said. She said, you don't have to be a giant to be a mentor, which is quite interesting. The perception that you have to qualify to be a mentor. Mm. Um, She kind of broke down the walls on that and just say, look, any, everyone's a mentor, really. If you, if you realize it, you know, you're always giving someone, you're having an impression on someone.
0: Well, everyone's got a different patchwork of knowledge as well. So just because someone knows a lot about one thing doesn't mean they know any something about another thing. So you can, you can always learn from everyone. Can you? So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I liked. I liked her kind of humbleness came through in that in the kind of closing words where she said, um, "You won't know if you're about to change the course of someone's life with the next thing you say, but if you're lucky, you'll hear about it later down the
0: line." That's lovely.
1: It was lovely, um, and a really nice way to finish off the lighting talks as well. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Thanks, thanks for um, for Jerry, Luke, and and Rachel for stepping up as well. The lightning talks were always decided a little bit nearer the time, um, yeah. and everyone really stepped up and delivered just amazing talks.
0: Got them kicked out of that lunchtime slump and then <laughs> yeah. straight into some uh, heavy programming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everyone was uh, fully back awake at this point before Cassidy um, took the virtual stage.
0: Yeah, so Cassidy couldn't join because it was a sister's wedding or something.
1: Absolutely fair. I mean, uh, that's fair dues. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to make her feel bad about that one. Yeah, um,
0: um, but the yeah the recording setup, as you said earlier, it's incredible. It's like a professional. Yeah, it's a like, studio. Studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That I would. That wouldn't go out of place on like a, a learning. Udemy or something like a
1: no I mean Cassidy's an absolute pro isn't she you know if you look at any of the work that she's done over the last however many years you know she's always just been a really amazing educator Um, the content that she relays is really simple to understand she's really good at articulating more complex things Um, and while this was a primer on functional programming it still can be quite a lot to get your head around if you're not used to that world.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it was really well explained. There's nice big high res code examples. Oh, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs>
1: Looking at that on the, cinema display, the actual cinema display was yeah, great.
0: it was um, nice. Um, and we did some pauses to let people tippy type into their phones and laptops yeah. and uh, try yes. out a bit of functional programming.
1: Seeing people do functional programming in notes was interesting.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, she mentioned it's the mustachioed hipster of programming languages. Is <laughs> Which functional I think is about right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, at one point, but I think it's definitely functional now, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I remember years ago... Um, a friend of mine was just talking about immutable data objects and, like, (laughs) waving his arms around, and I'm like, I kind of get what you're talking about. (laughs) But, um, yeah, until you've drank the Kool-Aid, you don't really know what you're missing. Um,
1: I was like, why would you want immutable data?
0: Yeah. Well, React's starting to go that way, although purists will hate me saying this, but, yeah, hooks try to get to that point where you you never change the object, you just return. A new thing and yeah, all that kind of jazz. But it's not proper functional programming. But it tries to stop yourself from shooting yourself in the foot, basically.
1: It, I think once I saw Cassidy run through it, it made a lot more sense in my mind because when, because we're used to single, single source of truth for state and things like that. So, or at least I yeah. am. Yeah. So it was it was a new way of thinking for me.
0: Yeah. Well, it gets yeah way more complex when you've got lots of yeah changing state stuff. Um, but yeah, the example she gave was sort of like. Here's my first currying function, sort of mm. thing, to get to start to bend people's minds around to that way of thinking, yeah. um, which was really good.
1: Mm. I, I liked how she she showed the kind of interface that she was trying to achieve, let people have a stab at it, and then then kind of walked through where where to go with it. And yeah, I think I think for for concepts like currying and and other things around that, um, I think it, I think it's a really powerful um, a powerful thing to articulate to people. and I think thinking that way can definitely um, make you think a bit differently about how you are tech larger applications
0: yeah definitely I thought it was really good talk
1: really good talk um, so yeah I mean that again this 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 talks up on there uh, on the site as well so please do check it out you know Cassidy's talk it was only like 20 minutes long so please do watch it in a, in a lunch break um, and just learn a bit about how um, functional programming works and then yeah finally on to uh, Andy Bell to close down the day
0: I love this one Um I like his delivery style <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah. very sort of like humble and like and he's yeah. northern as well yeah help. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like I've got no fucking idea how this math works but here's how he use it <laughs> and yeah. I loved it yeah
1: I, I do love that though as, as, a, as a presentational style um, you know it instantly puts people at ease you know not yeah. everyone needs to understand the deep inner workings of everything yeah yeah but this is how you probably use it <laughs>
0: yeah and <laughs> the, the, the demo site was just great yes it's like I've never seen like I yeah I've Obviously, haven't been in the CSS game for much recently, but yeah, the, the, that reactive scaling is just amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I think the way that he the way that he led the whole talk, he he created a website called Build Excellent Websites um, websites with .es as the as the domain, but it was really good because I, I do like the kind of talks where it's kind of build as we go and talk about the progression of something, and you can learn more about the techniques as you as you go. But yeah, his his style is just super laid back um and and he was giving me some some um some jip really because I put him on last (laughs) Uh, and he wanted to be first
0: (laughs) you get that sort of nervousness while you're waiting to go up don't you so you can't really concentrate on anything (laughs) yeah
1: he was just pacing the back of the cinema at one point Um, but but, you know you'd never know he's such a natural speaker um, and he's such a yeah the way he articulates some of the some of the finer details of fluid and progressive enhancement and things like that you know he was yeah. just great.
0: Yeah, so when I've built responsive stuff in the past, it's always been i set a few viewports and then yeah. just set everything fixed. So yeah. it snaps and it. It adjusts, And yeah. that's the only way I've ever thought about it. Same. And then he's like, well, we can use clamp and you can make it scale every single pixel different. And yeah. it's like, oh, wow. I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't I been doing that? <laughs> <laughs> that makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice, especially it- with the clamping and the, the way that things sort of space out. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I really
1: liked how it's, this isn't just about font scaling or anything like that, you know, scaling the entire, the entire UI from line heights to... Um, to to the width of containers based on what sort of content you're displaying yeah
0: and I I guess the the sort of gist of his talk was let the browser do the heavy lifting as well like it can figure out how many columns it needs to be if you give it the vague direction of what you want yeah yeah, it's just great.
1: But um, you, you know, the, the, I think the key takeaway for me is browsers aren't shit anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. This was really hard. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. This used to be really difficult, and you know, annoyingly, I've just rebuilt the um, the Hey Presents site and I've used breakpoints. So I need to, <laughs> I need to re- review the Do whole it lot. again. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it was. You know, th- this was one that I definitely took a lot of really important um, lessons from, and, and you know, just even things like old browsers still get a good experience if you focus on semantic html get the html right i know it's often overlooked um but he said you know get html wrong you're building on sand
0: yeah well if your html is all right you can be on a shit 3g connection and it doesn't load properly but you can still read everything
1: absolutely yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, totally. Um, no, really good, really good talk. Um, you know, he, he gave a shout out to um, Utopia, the tool made by Clear Left in Brighton as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, big fan of the Clear Left guys, yeah. and, uh, and gals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Fluid Type Calculator is lovely, and you just put in some type scales, your your widths and min and max viewports, and it just creates all the gubbins for you.
1: <laughs> Yeah, really, really cool tool, actually. Um, again, Andy was just like, I have no idea how this works, <laughs> but but use what it spits out.
0: Yeah, you can even hot link the, the style sheet as well. Oh, so, can you? Yeah, you don't even have to. Oh, wow. Like, that's cool. Paste it all in or anything. It's nice.
1: Nice. What could go wrong
0: in production with that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably more a code pen job, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, just, just walk through loads of really cool stuff grid layout, auto fit. Um, you mentioned the whole use of clamp. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. Especially well, you know, with with um, with the you know new improvements on box sizing and all that sort of stuff recently.
0: Yeah, definitely. Any sort of finishing note was to always sort of challenge overcomplicated solutions. Just yeah. do something simple that works, and yeah. the, that font scaling thing is just great. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I
1: need to implement that as soon as I have a spare moment because it's it's proper cool and. You know, he, sh- he showed that example of all the different devices back in 2015 or 17, was it, or something?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, the different viewport sizes that you yeah. could have, yeah.
1: And there's just about a 1,000 <laughs> on Android alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was seven years ago or something, so, yeah.
0: You, you've just got no idea what viewport you're designing for. No,
1: yeah. uh, no, exactly. So, yeah, definitely definitely some things to think about there. Um, but, yeah, Andy closed off the day really nicely, and I really wanted this um, this talk. Um, the talk was called Be the Browser's Mentor, Not as Micromanager. as a bit of a thought piece. Um, for the end of the day to make people kind of have uh, something kind of more Practical to take away uh, and to leave in their in their minds. Obviously, every talk had had huge value, but yeah, it was a nice one to end off the day.
0: Yeah, I missed the very last bit because I was legging it over to the <laughs> <Yeah>. drinks venue. <laughs>
1: Sadly, I gave you a job. <laughs> yeah,
0: but i meant I got got a pint in, so You know, yeah, oh, that, that
1: first pint after the conference, <laughs> yeah, it just was, tastes fantastic. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a really good day, and um, you know, plenty of lessons to take away for next year. Um, but yeah just want to just want to kind of say a final thank you to all the speakers and attendees you know it's, it's really really amazing that we get to um, be able to do
0: well this. done to you because you yeah thank it's you. good and it's a lot of effort
1: yeah I was I think I slept for about three days after
0: <laughs> not surprised uh,
1: but no thanks yeah it was and thanks for your help again it was uh, it was smashing but yeah so next time um, join us join us next year for all day hey 2023 uh, when we have no idea what's going to happen
0: yeah flying cars uh, it's yeah. the future will not it
1: yeah I mean, that's what we were promised wasn't it yeah so, yeah um, if back to the future is anything's go by so so yeah so yeah um so yeah thanks for thanks for doing that run through um you know i think uh keep your eyes posted on haypresents.com for future events and conferences uh, and yeah we'll see you see you next time thanks cheers so you've been listening to Offstrip with me and james um, we've been talking about the all day hay conference this year and um, subscribe to the podcast to listen to more episodes and you'll see us next time thank you